0: I don't think we've met before, but I'm the referee on this field.
1: Leinster could offer me five mil a year. I wouldn't go. <laughs> it is Chalvin! Robbie, Robbie, weekly. Little
0: reverse pass. Let's go! Oh!
1: Well, hello and welcome to the Rugby Weekly Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Hussey, stepping in for Gavin Casey and Ciarán Kennedy, who are enjoying some time off, but Ciarán will be in place at the sports ground on Saturday evening for the meeting of Connacht and Leinster. Joining me to look forward to another big weekend of URC action is Murray
0: Kinsler. How are you getting on, Murray? I'm very good, Sean. That was an impressive start to your debut pod. Good to have you on board.
1: Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's obviously a big weekend and
0: the team news is just hot
1: off the press. And I suppose we'll start in Galway and the big news is that Mac is back.
0: He's back. He's out of the stands. He's had enough crack away from the pitch and he's ready to go and it's exciting that we get to see one of Ireland's foremost rugby players back in action for such a big interpro. And we've had a nice string of them now and he's just going to add to the excitement and the drama, no doubt, and the showbiz element of it because he always has something up his sleeve. He's really clever, really diligent, really hardworking in all he does, but he has that ability just to to change up the picture with a, a bit of inspiration or a bit of genius as well. So Connacht are definitely going to look to draw on that, and he's a real crowd favorite as well. This is going to be a really buzzing atmosphere. Kieran's down. I'm down as well for that game, and I can't wait for that atmosphere in, in a kind of hostile away, full house in the sports ground with, with Leinster visiting it's always a really good occasion and yeah you want players like Mac Hansen back in swing it's obviously been a while now we haven't seen him since the World Cup when he was unfortunate with that injury he kind of came back from the calf then he hurt his ankle actually in that New Zealand game and it looked like a serious one going off so good to see him back and with Europe to come next Friday they're playing Bordeaux in in the opening round of the Champions Cup brilliant to have him back they don't have Bundy obviously but we know that Kyle Ford is playing some brilliant stuff there at 12 so really it was it was pressing to get Hanson into into full swing and I think he'll be looking to pick up where he left off he's been outstanding for what two years now he's a guy who continues to to get better and add strings to his bow so really exciting to have him in 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 harness again
1: before we get on to Leinster we'll keep going on Connacht I mean they have just had back from a couple of weeks in South Africa how would you view their start to the season four wins in their first six games obviously this is probably their biggest test now hosting Leinster in a game that could really kickstart their whole season
0: really could be a defining moment they started really hot with that string of three wins and some brilliant performances as well as the results the last three probably not as impressive they obviously lost twice Edinburgh and Bulls and they kind of squeezed past a really poor Sharks team. Now they deserved the credit that I and others gave them for their resilience in that game, their defensive scramble and their ability to just stick in it at times when the Sharks looked like they were going to sweep away and score a few tries. But I don't think they'd be particularly pleased with the the performance levels. They're in this process of mixing and matching almost every week, you know. And, and this one is, what, seven changes coming into the the starting 15. It doesn't help you with your cohesion, but it definitely helps you with... The happiness of your squad and, and people feeling a really important part of it and it also points to the fact that they have competition for places and that was always the the kind of question with Connacht was their depth they're really working hard to to build that now as well as keeping a focus on results and it's it's fascinating to see those selections and how they're working out Hanrahan JJ Hanrahan starts at 10 in in this really big match and Jack Hardy the skipper not involved and and they've kind of come in and out of that position and similar in the second row, someone like Joe Joyce who's been outstanding since he joined isn't involved in this game and you presume he'll be back for Bordeaux but it's Darren Murray with all his potential and Oisin Dowling who comes back to the, the second row having played six last weekend. So definitely an element of that kind of not mix and match that's the wrong description but that that squad rotation to it at the moment I'm excited to see Sean Jansen get another go in the back row he started for the first time against the Bulls last weekend only played 40 minutes so maybe he's just getting up to, to match fitness match speed but he's a big unit he's hopefully the ball carrier that they've been looking for that focal point to continually get them over the gain line and Ford who I mentioned earlier on is someone who's just going from strength to strength early on this season. I think it's brilliant to have those younger, homegrown Connacht players really pushing their way through and no better time than Leinster in town to show that you can really do it against very, very good opposition.
1: You mentioned Leinster. I suppose one of the big uh, omissions, really from the, t- the the team news, or certainly one of the big uh, talking points off it, is Ciarán is Frawley not starting at 10, particularly off the back of, I suppose, during the mm-hmm. week on the Rugby Weekly Extra podcast we were talking about how important Kieran Frawley and a runner, run of games a fly hat for him could be were you surprised?
0: No I'm not surprised because this is typical Leinster It, it the way I read in into it and, and from what I understand Harry Byrne had been kind of designated for this game Leinster always kind of have a plan and, and players know where they're going to come in and out and that's how they keep a really deep squad happy and they're sticking to the plan here essentially last weekend Froley came on at 10 because of the really early injury to to, to Ross Rossburn, and he did an outstanding job as we de- described as you say there and I think a lot of people would have been excited to see him go again I spoke about it with Owen on Wednesday and we said maybe just go with the flow as, as selectors and say he's on a hot kind of streak not even a streak but he's on a, a bit of a hot form there at 10 and let's back him again but Harry Byrne probably was expecting this start and he's a player that that Leinster also rate really highly. From Frawley's point, it must be it must be frustrating. We know that he wants to be a 10, and that's what he views as his best position. He's really good at 12, he's really good at 15, and that's almost to his detriment in circumstances like this. He is still starting games, but I think from the Irish coach's point of view as well, they'd love to see him have that run at 10. It's not that long ago that he was riding that mix and, and probably would have been capped last November, As an out half And indeed he won his debut over the summer As an out half off the bench against Italy When Jack Crowley moved to fullback So that's clearly where they view him He played there for the Ireland midweek team Over New Zealand in the summer of 2022 So really Leinster and Ireland are kind of Not quite at odds at this But they view it differently And Cullen and Coe are I suppose selecting what they feel Gives them the best chance of winning And Frawley at 15 is is really excellent as well. The most important thing for him is to keep playing well. And even at 15, there's still loads of the duties of a 10 that he can really influence. I'd say we'll see him a lot of first receiver. We'll see his kicking game. We'll see him in the backfield defending. There's very big similarities between those those roles as well. But I can only imagine it's a bit of a, a head shaker for him as well.
1: Well, it's, it's a really important time of the year for Leinster. Obviously, they've got their World Cup players back with a trip to La Rochelle on the horizon, sail at home uh, in the Champions Cup. And then obviously that Munster away game on Stephens' day, start the new year against Ulster before other Champions Cup games against Stadfron, St. Leicester, building up towards that Six Nations. So it's a big time, not just for Leinster to keep winning games and keep getting towards where they want to be come the end of the season, but for the likes of Frawley to put in big performances to get in the shop window ahead of the Six Nations
0: oh, totally and and that's always the case in Leinster because that level of competition as well means that you're only one poor performance away from from really jeopardising your chances of say those big European starts which of course they have an idea of, of how they're going to go in terms of selection but I would guess there's a little bit less um you know, for planning or promising to players there, they're the ones that they absolutely have to win and that they'll be under most pressure, including a La Rochelle game. And and, and you want to absolutely put your hands up there first and foremost, but also for Ireland honours. And we know that guys who aren't always first choice in Leinster can still make an Ireland squad. We've seen that a, a fair bit, and there's a few guys in that bracket. Interesting, just in in, in terms of this team, that Lowe isn't, James Lowe isn't back. We, we're kind of waiting to see him, and it's Jamie Osborne. Who moves to the left wing now, having played in both midfield positions so far this season, he's got a huge left boot and he can really replicate low in that sense in terms of giving you that massive kicking game, as well as his power in contact and all the other bits that he brings. There's there's actually kind of familiarity in between the, the two skill sets of those guys. So I think that's an interesting selection, maybe glancing ahead to 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 those big challenge that are going to come down the line even Ryan Baird coming into the second row again is an interesting one because he's been playing six for the last two seasons Leinster are the ones who kind of went about that first in Ireland um, also did that with him as a a blindside flanker but now he's back into the the second row and it probably (laughs) underlines yet again the sheer staggering depth of back row options that, that Leinster have you know their they're kind of frontline Ireland internationals aren't involved this weekend but Max Deegan's been playing great stuff would have been really disappointed not to be involved against Munster Scott Penny every time he's played has been excellent and he, he gets the captain's duties again today which underlines how important he is to them and, and James Callan is impressed now I think consistently when he's getting chances because he's a really dynamic powerful unit so though they're not the, the Ireland back row it's a back row of men's quality and I think that's going to be another fascinating battle in Galway. Keen Prendergast moving to blindside flanker for Connacht as well. A guy who missed out on the World Cup squad very narrowly and he'll feel he has a point to prove. So again, to do it against a good Leinster team would be the the ideal stage for him. Where does this rank in terms of challenges for Leinster that they're going to have this year? Going away to
1: Galway, sellout stadium. Um, It's going to be cold conditions. It's going to be a tough night for them. In terms of challenges just where do you rank going to the sports ground
0: well Lens have a good record down there now in fairness I think it's 5 or 6 in a a row but it is a it is a tricky place to win it's always been a tough place conditions wise I think it's going to be really cold tomorrow no surprise there because it has been all week hopefully the rain holds off but often that's a, a test because it's kind of small and intimate it has that really strong partisan element to it and even though it's not a massive crowd, it can be kind of imposing that way. And you can hear some of the comments from the stand, which often is quite quite funny when when there's a few w- wisecracks from the, the Connacht clan. But yeah, I think it is a, a tricky place to win, especially with the new pitch now. Connacht really enjoy playing on it. It really suits the speed and the kind of creativity of their attack because some of those outside backs and, and clever midfielders they can really tear it up on, on that surface as well. So I think it'll be a really good result for Leinster again. Yeah, they've they've got a good streak here, but they're never easily won. I remember being down there last season and and Leinster just scraped by. It was an absolute battle of a, of a game and I think it'll bring out the, the best in Connacht. They obviously have another massive challenge ahead in Europe as do Leinster, but I don't think on Saturday night there'll be anyone glancing ahead to that. It's going to be absolutely full bore again. Yeah, it should be a cracking game. Connacht v Leinster
1: on Saturday night, seven thirty-five kickoff. Well, the forty-two rugby weekly is brought to you by Dundee Motors, home to all of Ireland's trusted car dealerships. Visit Dundee.ie today to start the search for your next car. Looking to Ulster, they're also in action on Saturday evening, five fifteen against Edinburgh. And the big news
0: there is World Cup winner Stephen Kitchel starts for the first time. It's massive, and he's massive when he came on last weekend against Glasgow. You, you just realise against kind of club players just the, the size of the man you saw glimpses of his power and he's a really top end recruit he he really is he has been world class for so long he's just come off another World Cup win to bring that belief and confidence and expertise and nous and experience into your group is is really massive and he still has a, a bit of dyna, dynamism about him more than a bit He he's still a really powerful guy and you'll imagine that he'll do some damage scrum time because obviously that's a real strength of South African rugby and he's in part of a, of an excellent set piece really for a very long time in South Africa I think it's really exciting to to see him get his chance at home in a, a really strong Ulster team I mean you look at that backline, and you know I know I know Mike Larry's injured and Nathan Doke claims to the number nine shirt but and Jake Flannery obviously had it as well but it really is nearly full tilt for, for Ulster and if they can get a platform from the likes of off and Alan O'Connor Tom O'Toole at, at Tidehead who looks like he's ready to shift up a level with with Ulster and, and, and indeed with Ireland if they can give that backline a, a platform they can absolutely scorch it up and that's what we've kind of been waiting for is that more complete Ulster performance where the, the forwards provide that base and what is undoubtedly a really talented backline from from Ulster just gets a chance to kind of finally click and 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 really showcase that ability we, we know they have. So I think it's a good selection. I think it's really really encouraging to see James McNabney at, at number eight start again. He really impressed, you know, young Ulster back row. He really impressed last weekend in Glasgow. He's a big man. We saw that at under twenties level for for the couple of seasons. He he was imposing at that level, and he's certainly not. Shy of of size at, at senior professional level And often with those young guys They come in, they do well Or maybe they have a tough day Then they're gone for a couple of weeks And then they have to wait again It can be a really frustrating process For him to be able to build Off the momentum of last weekend Especially now with a home crowd Loads of his family Loads of his friends there I think that's brilliant to see David McCann is injured at the moment He's another back row who's done really well But as Owen and I were discussing on Wednesday There's a crop of those Young Ulster back rows who really look ready to to kind of kick on and, and for him to get that chance is, is outstanding.
1: I was going to ask you about James McNabney because he's one of 12 players to make their debut for Ulster this year. So there's a lot of young players in, the, in those 12 and there's a lot of talk that this is kind of a new Ulster side and that we're going to see a lot more Ulster influence on Irish sides going forward. So then how important is the experience of the likes of Stephen Kitschop that what he brings into the group to help those
0: younger players that that we know Ulster have It's essential really I, I'm i wondering did everyone see this during the week there was a clip I saw on Twitter of Ellis Jenkins in Cardiff and, and of Wales international fame they player mic'd him for the game it was absolutely brilliant and all the little chats he has with people it could only be three, four second snippet one little message but it really illustrated to us the importance of that experience and that leadership on the pitch little reminders of of roles at times little reminders to bring a bit of physicality at times to focus simple enough messages but that is that is what makes a difference is the the team and the players who can focus on those simple things and do them really well and and that's what you get from the likes of Kitsoff and Alan O'Connor the skipper for for Ulster and a few others in that team who've been around the block a bit and yeah it's a great point from you they have they look like they're moving towards a better blend of that we've we've always had that excitement about the Ulster backline prospects in particular and there's loads of them there's loads of them even who miss out on, on the squad who are currently sidelined at the moment and they'll be wondering where their chances are going to come but to see that happening in the pack now is brilliant Tom Stewart's already a senior figure isn't he and he's only starting in his career as I mentioned Tom O'Toole in his mid-twenties but looks ready to really kind of try and kick past Marty Moore and and drive on there Cormac is a chuku who's on the bench again really outstanding dynamic prospect in the second row who's still a little bit raw but continues to polish off his game and has amazing athletic abilities so to see that youth kicking through with Ulster in the pack is really important and I don't think the RFU the Ireland coaching staff will will be missing that there there's some big forward prospects there
1: Ulster have a really good home record, lost just one of their last nine home games in all competitions. And Edinburgh have a really poor record against Irish provinces in the last four years or so. They've only beaten Connacht since November 2019. So, are you expecting a dominant
0: performance from Ulster at home? I'm kind of hoping for it more than expecting it because it hasn't. We haven't really got that off them yet. I think the Munster game at home, after a poor start from them, was uh, an example of what they can do. Defensively excellent, got good connection in their attack and and really had an excellent 60 minutes after that tough opening quarter so that's the standard they kind of aspire to I would expect them to win this game like Kingspan on any Friday Saturday evening it's always absolutely rock and they really get excellent support there and I think that'll be a huge advantage as you say that Edinburgh record there's some great stats there from you Sean Um, it's a team you almost expect that will lose when they come to Ireland even though they're littered with their own quality Ben Healy coming back on on Irish soil again and with loads of points to prove and a couple of Scotland internationals who featured at the World Cup etc but do expect or rather hope that also get a dominant performance and do expect them to win well, let's look
1: to Munster. They host URC leaders Glasgow tonight at Musgrave Park in Cork. And before we get into the team news, there's actually been a lot of calls, particularly from Donald Lenihan during the week, about playing more games in Cork. What do you think on that, Murray? Obviously, we saw Parky Cueve host the South African A side in the past. There really does feel like there's a real strong uh, rugby core there in Cork that maybe aren't getting enough games.
0: Yeah. Cork people like Gav will always tell you that's the the case and they should have built the stadium down in Cork rather than in Limerick but the occasion in Porky Cueve that time was absolutely phenomenal I cannot wait to to go back down there and see another massive game like the, the Crusaders one uh, down there it's going to be a, another epic occasion and after that day when they played the Springboks A team I just felt they have to come back here for for knockout games, for really compelling competitive games. I know there's all sorts of challenges. They need to make sure the finances are right and that it's not too expensive and they're not losing out on profits. They did build Toman Park. They still owe a fair bit of money to the RFU on on that front as well. And they've got to maximise that as a venue. But... It was brilliant down in Cork that time and obviously there's a huge support base there there's a huge crop of players who've come through there and, and really featured for, for the province so yeah the, the the Friday nights in Musgrave Park are always brilliant it's another cracking small venue great surface obviously that really allows teams to to play at high speed and Munster really enjoy going there I know that and the crowd is always outstanding so what is a really good Glasgow team in really good form is going to get Yeah, I I imagine a pretty spicy welcome.
1: Well, let's look ahead to the team news. they made three changes, but I suppose frustratingly for Munster, Jean Klein, John Ryan and Simon Zebo all ruled out not available for selection. Off the back of, I suppose, the performance uh, uh, in the
0: Aviva last weekend, is this a big game for for Munster? It really is. It it really is. They were proud of their performance against Leinster, but they lost. And there was loads in it that they felt they let Go so you know the first twenty minutes of their attack was absolutely phenomenal. Again, Owen and I discussed it in a bit of depth on Wednesday, and we we spoke about it out on Monday with Birch as well. It was really kind of almost like a textbook for attack coaches to to look at. And unfortunately, after that, from from their point of view, they didn't get as much possession. And they weren't able to to do more of that, and they missed chances in the second half. Held up over the line, all those little moments that didn't go their way. But but a strong performance given who they were they were missing and it'll need something similar again the the expectation has become that when the Scottish sides come to Ireland that the provinces will, will go really well but Glasgow have been steadily improving they'll see this as their massive opportunity once they're you know they're already on top of the table to, to just open up a bit of room or, or make a statement to themselves as much as everyone else and I think Munster will need something really strong so it is great that they've got such a, an excellent team out and continuity in certain elements of it, but also a, a sprinkling guys who are back in the mix and will add plenty.
1: What do you make of Munster's start to the season so far? 'Cause it's been a bit interesting two away into pro defeats to retirements of, of Keith Durles, Peter Mahoney stepping down as captain. Heading towards the Champions Cup and again a busy time of the year, what do you make so far of Munster, particularly off the back of the success last year in the URC?
0: Well it's certainly not back to where they were at that in that incredible run towards the URC title. And they'll back themselves to peak again like that later in the season. I think they're pretty calm about the fact that it has been mixed start to the season. They've had tough days at the scrum a couple of times, but they've had good days at, at scrum. Their attack has faltered at times, but had some of those moments like we, we spoke against Leinster. Defensive lapses here and there amid some excellent sets along the way and, and some excellent performances. So certainly not anywhere peaking yet. I don't think they would want to be and I think they'll be calm enough you think about this time last season when it was it was all going wrong really wasn't it it was a, a tough run for them and there was even question marks about the direction they were going and and they really stayed the course and I think now the fact that they totally believe in exactly what they're doing even more they'll, they'll stay calm and, and they'll improve over the course of the next couple of months so it's it's um, it's a you know a, a sticky patch for them, but but they'll pull through. And to have guys like Alex Nankivel, who's back in midfield, having had him come in and be so impressive at the start of this season, that fans couldn't wait to see him back in. Sean O'Brien, who's in on the wing again this uh, tonight, he he's another who's kind of starting to really settle in. That Edwin Adogbo continues to go from strength to strength in the second row is really promising. I think seeing Tom Hearn at six again is another one to watch because obviously he was flying in the second row moved to six for the first time last weekend against Leinster and did really well there had some brilliant moments on line out on restart on mall, and we know all about his sheer athleticism and pace around the pitch as well so they're kind of adding those little new elements to, to what has been a really successful formula they're also dealing with teams who have really scouted them superbly now and understand all their strengths and they have that target on their back as champions. But I think even in the Leinster game, you could see that they're kind of continuing to layer up and Mike Prendergast, the attack coach, is adding new strings to their bow. And so that's kind of tactical, but also selection-wise where they continue to to try and morph and evolve. And winning a URC trophy was certainly ahead of schedule, but it was a good thing to pick up along the way. And even Ali Yeager is another one who I didn't mention coming in for his debut. Uh, soon enough after arriving he'll add more to that squad and, and he fits in really well with what they're trying to do
1: well that's all we have time for it really it will be a good game between Munster and Glasgow and in front of a sellout Musgrave Park the lads will be back on Monday and Wednesday next week with the Rugby Weekly Extra Subscribers podcast but for now my thanks to Murray for joining me cheers Sean and to everyone for listening thank you very much and enjoy the weekend's URC put the boys in a better lab Talking about the boys in the better land. The boys in the better land. Driver's <laughs> got names for 50 double barrels. Spits out, grits out, on smoke.